0: Welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. I want to talk to you this morning about employees and employers. That'll pretty much address each and every one of us in this place. That's what I love about the book of Ephesians. It's not only spiritual, but it's very, very practical. In actual fact, if we are going to walk out our spiritual walk, we need to do it in a very practical way. And uh, Paul, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5, writes this, Slaves okay, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favour when their eyes are on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if they were serving the Lord, not men. Because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that you... Uh, he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no favoritism with him paul was obviously addressing a very real issue amongst slaves and masters the slaves uh, were numbered about 600 uh, sorry 60 million slaves in the roman empire at that time and they basically constituted the workforce Hence, why you can see we're talking, just paralleling what Paul was talking about slaves and masters. We're looking at bosses and employees this morning. The slaves included the educated and the uneducated. And basically, slaves were treated really poorly. They were often beaten. In Roman legislation, it stated that legally they were only chattels without rights whom their masters could treat virtually as they pleased. And Aristotle said, a slave is a living tool, just as a tool is an inanimate slave. This was the low view that masters had of slaves. This is what Paul was writing into. The fact that Paul addressed the slaves... Is remarkable. It took amazing courage for Paul to speak into this situation because slaves didn't have rights. And what I love about Paul is he doesn't just side, uh, sidle up to the slaves and just feel sorry for them. He actually gives them some very real, practical, tangible um, uh, results of, of what to do and how to live as a result of being a slave. And so in order to make what I'm sharing today applicable to our situation, if we change the word slave for employee and master for employers, hopefully there'll be something for each and every one of us today. And the reason I want to talk about this and not just skip over this portion of Scripture as I could have, is because the workplace affects all of us. In actual fact, the workplace is our greatest mission field. The Bible says God so loved the world that He sent His Son. We have a desire to impact our world. Here's the reality. You and I are not going to impact the whole world, but we can impact our world. What is our world? Our world is where we live. It's where we shop. It's where we work. It's where we spend most of our time. Most of you, if you have a job, you will spend at least 40 hours in that place. That is your world for this time. And Paul's trying to say, you know what? We need to make the most of our world. It's not just about money. It's not just about getting something so that you can eat. Although Paul did say if a man doesn't work, he won't eat. And so yes, you need to get some money in order to be able to support your family. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Paul had a bigger mind. God had a, uh, something bigger in mind when it came to us working. And that purpose is for us to make the most of the world in which God has put us and make the most of the opportunities that come our way. And that's why Paul was so um, keen to teach the slaves and why I'm so keen to teach the employees how to live Because how we live depends on how people will take us seriously. Everything about you says something about you. People will not be impressed. The people that you work with will not be impressed with you just because you go to church. In actual fact, there are many people in your workplace that don't want to come to church because they think the church is full of hypocrites. Because they say one thing and do another. And Paul is trying to say, guys, you you can't change a situation. You are where you are, but you can change the way you live it. And you can make the most of your life. And the way you make the most of your life is live it as unto God. Kath mentioned about the um, cafe that we have, Origin Coffee Bar. What I think most of us in this room are failing to see about our cafe is this. It is our greatest mission front in the church. Nothing brings more people to this building than our cafe. Nothing. The cafe wins hands down as to community people coming to this church. There's nothing that draws more non-Christian, unsaved people that are far from God, people to this building like our cafe. It is our greatest mission front that we have right now. Donna is doing an incredible job. Yesterday was our busiest day on record. That is worthy of a round of applause. And if you're going to clap, please clap. Let's not be half-hearted. Let's just give it all that we've got. I mean, this is awesome. This is our best day ever. Yesterday superseded our grand opening. Yesterday superseded every public holiday and every school holiday that we've had open. It superseded it by 20%. It made the most money that the cafe's ever made, and it had the most people through that it's ever had before. That is worthy of getting excited about, number one. And number two, it's worthy of supporting I need you to catch this. This is our greatest mission field and our greatest mission front that we have right now. If I threw some photos of some kids that were suffering in other parts of the world, we'd probably go, oh, and be compelled to give out of pity. And I believe we do need to support other ministries um, in other parts of the world that aren't as fortunate as us, and that's what we do. That's why we support the Kalawasi Project and other things like that. But we also have a mission front right here on our front doorstep. And these people that are coming represent people that that don't have the values and don't have the insights that we have. And we are asking for you to come alongside and help people like Donna to be able to support this ministry. And so I want to say, particularly for those that are a little bit older and, and unemployed now, You know, I don't know how long you've got left, but by virtue of your age, you probably have less time on this earth than some of our younger ones. You may not be here in five years' time. You may not be here in 10 years' time. You may not be here in 15 years' time. And how you use the latter part of your life is really important. Every one of us is going to stand before God. And we're not going to be able to present our flower beds to God. We're not going to be able to present our homes to God. We're not going to be able to present our cats or dogs to God and all those other things that we pour our time and effort into, all of which is not a problem for me if we attach it to kingdom purpose. And we have an opportunity to give up one day of our week, maybe get on a roster and give up one day every fortnight or one day a month and support our greatest mission front that we have in this church. We need people supporting and helping that which God is in and that which God is on. And God is in and on that which we're doing in this cafe. But how we do that is all important because it's not enough just to rock up. And that's what Paul is addressing here. It's not enough for you just to go to work and get a job because the Bible says, if I don't work, I don't eat. That's, that's not the point. That's the start. But how we go to work is all important. Yes, we need volunteers. That's the start. But how we volunteer is all important. Paul said, it's not enough just to volunteer. You've got to do it with all of your heart. You've got to do it and represent God well. It's not enough for us just to sing. We've got to do it with our heart. We've got to do it with all that is within us. And so he breaks it down to those that are employed. Anyone out there that have a boss? You've got a job and you've got a boss. Don't show me your hands, but how many don't like their boss? How many have been ill-treated by their boss? Don't show me your hands, not interested. Because these slaves were ill-treated by their masters. And Paul never let them complain. He never let them win. He simply taught them how they need to respond. Because at the end of the day, the only person that we are responsible for on the planet is us. And so he says, this is what I think that you should do If you have a boss. And so when it comes to employees, you should number one, just obey your boss. Ha, how about that? You don't like him? Obey him. You're treated poorly? Fine, obey him. That's what Paul is saying here. Don't whinge, don't complain, don't bicker. Just obey. And so when you're given a job to do, this is my advice based on what Paul is saying, when you're giving a job to do, do it. My second thing would say, do it well. And the third thing I'd add to that is do it well with a good attitude. In each of these four verses that Paul addresses slaves, Jesus himself is mentioned. In other words, what he's saying is, whatever you do for your boss, do it all in remembrance of Jesus. In other words, our attitudes and our actions should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. Remember, you're working for the king. No matter what job you are doing, whether it's in the workplace or whether it's in the church, whether it's serving in the cafe, whether it's serving on kids' ministry, whether it's serving in the car park, do it as unto God. Do it mindful that He is watching us. And so once it is clear of our primary responsibility, Paul says in greater detail that we should respect and fear our bosses. In other words, we should respect and honour their God-given position. In Romans chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Every one of you must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. And so you might not like our present prime minister, but she's there by the grace of God. And that's why the Bible says that we should be praying for our prime minister. This is challenging, yeah? My advice in line of that is this. No matter how bad your boss may be, stop talking badly about him. No matter how many mistakes our present Prime Minister may or may not be making, stop talking badly about her. Stop it. You might say, well, I'm a liberal person. That's fine. But if liberal get in, there'll be mistakes that are being made. No one's perfect. And we can either be part of the solution or part of the problem. You don't see Paul saying, if you have a bad master, you have all the right to complain. He doesn't say that. Honour the position. What you might not understand is, as an employee, you, for the most part, will not understand what an employer goes through. And what he's dealing with. And so extend some grace. I know what it is to lead a church and that can be difficult. I have no idea what it is to lead a nation. I imagine it would be more difficult. Some of you are struggling to lead your families. And yet you go to work that has more employees than you have members of your family. And you whinge, complain and bicker. And yet you're struggling to lead two kids. And they're leading a company of 30, 40, 50 people. Let's extend some grace. Let's go to work with fear and respect and honor for the position. This will change the way we go to work. Secondly, he says, be honest. Paul says that, do the right thing by your boss when he's watching absolutely but he goes one further and he says when your boss isn't watching do the right thing i mean for all of you young ones that are unemployed and you're at school and you're going to get a job this 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 information is gold people that think the the bible is an old boring book that's irrelevant haven't read this book it's incredible Any boss out there right now in the congregation, would say, oh, preacher Tony, this is gold. (laughs) Honour and fear and respect the position. Amen. Paul said that from a prison cell. He says, be honest. And so if you have use of the internet for your job, use it for your job. It doesn't mean that you can use it for your personal use. Unless, of course, you have an arrangement with your boss. But if he says, I don't want you to use the internet for anything but work purposes, then don't use it for anything but work purposes. And so if he's not in the office, you still don't use it for anything but work purposes. Be honest when his eyes are on you and when he's not on you. He says, thirdly, work wholeheartedly in verse 7. In other words, always give your best. My dad had a saying growing up, and maybe this will ring true for many of you, and maybe some of you can even finish this sentence. But whenever dad asks us to do a job, I worked for my dad, but prior to working for my dad, I did jobs for my dad. Like, you know, all kids do for their mum and dad, they get jobs given And if our job was to take the bin out, if our job was to wash the dishes, this is what we'd hear all the time, oi! Dad started a lot of sentences with (laughs) oi. He'd say, Tony, if a job's worth doing," doing, there was a well and a right there, it's either or, it was worth doing Right! If a job's worth doing, it's worth doing right. If a job's worth doing, it's worth doing well. And he was putting into us a good attitude. I don't forget one day, I mentioned how I worked with my dad. I was sign writing. I did my apprenticeship with him. It's great, great years, great memories. But there were certain days... I mean, working for my dad, I meant I I learned quickly. I was out of school. I loved that. I was doing what I loved doing, so I loved that. But there are certain days, you know, you just get an attitude, you develop an attitude. Every one of us develops attitude, and that's why we need the right people in our world to knock it out of us. And so one day I was writing this sign, bad attitude, just wanted to get out, you know, finish work, get to the beach, because dad had this policy. Here's your day's work. If you can do a good job and finish early, do what you like. That's kind of how we did it. And so I was rushing just to get out and go to the beach or do whatever it is that I wanted to do. And you know what, if you were to ask me, do you think this is your best work? I knew intrinsically it wasn't my best work, but you know what? What's it matter? I want to go out. And I'll never forget this day, I was working on this sign and I was doing the letter S. This service today is brought to you by the letter S. And I was doing this S and it wasn't my best S I'd ever done. And I said to Dad, Dad says to me, what do you call that? I said, that's an S. (laughs) Which I probably shouldn't have done. He says, well, get it off. And I said, what, the S? And he said, no, the whole beep lot. And so I had to eat humble pie, get a whole heap of terps, wipe it all off, mark it all out again, do it properly. It meant I finished work later than normal. Because if a job's worth doing, it's worth doing well. And as a young man, being an apprentice, I was also representing my dad, his name, and the name of his business. And that was not acceptable. It wasn't up to the standard. And so I had to get that whole sign done again. These are the values that Paul was teaching the slaves. Fear and respect the position. Do an honest day's work. Do what you do wholeheartedly. And the fourth thing he says... Because you'll be rewarded. Verse 8, he says, you will be rewarded. You see, what we need to understand, particularly some of our younger ones here, is that recognition, the better money, the better jobs, they'll come in time. You can't do a job for a week Complain every day that you're there and wonder why you haven't got a promotion. It's not going to happen. The recognition you want, the respect that you feel you deserve, the better jobs that are out there, they'll come. If you do these things first, you'll be rewarded in due time. That's what Paul is saying here. In other words, hang around and don't be so quick to give up. I've been in the workforce almost 30 years, 30 years next uh, February. And I've only ever had two jobs, the one I left school for and ministry. And in both those jobs, there were days I felt like giving up and giving in. But I'm so glad I stuck it out because it's got me where I am today. I remember, again, as an apprentice working for dad, going to trade school. Now what you need to understand about trade school is that most of the apprentices work for big companies where they are lackeys for four years. They are slaves. I I think the word apprentice actually means slave and vice versa. But anyway, but that wasn't my story. My story was I was working for my dad and in order to make my money, I needed to learn really quick. And so I kind of left the class behind. I wasn't humble enough to live in that environment. I kind of made myself it, made it a little bit difficult for myself with, with my bravado. But that aside, that's a story for another day. But I came to Dad one day. I said, Dad, it's pointless me going to trade school. They don't teach me anything. I'm better than all the other kids. Can you pick the attitude? Is there an attitude there? And I said, what they're teaching me is so antiquated and outdated and useless and so I was trying to get a bit of flattery I was trying to butter dad up just to get him on side I said you're teaching me things dad that they're not even touching on I, I got it all all in place all those things and thank God again that dad wasn't the man who could be easily flattered and he said well I don't want you to quit trade school I said why what's it teaching me and that's it, it will teach you one thing, if nothing else: patience. <laughs> and that was the end of the story. Just finish what you started. I feel like this is a word from the Lord this morning. Finish what you start. Get university, and it's getting tough and it's exam time. Ha <laughs> ha! Finish it. Get your degree. If you're an apprenticeship and you're being treated like a slave, finish your apprenticeship. Because in the end, you'll be richly rewarded. And even if you take on a job that seemingly has nothing to do with what your apprenticeship trained you for, at least you have in your back of your mind, I can start something and I can finish something. And so these are the things that Paul was speaking into the lives of the slaves. Now, again, there's a lot of bosses in this room, and I'm sure you'd all say, man, that's great. Advice, and it's all in the Bible it's great advice honour and fear the position live honestly live wholeheartedly and remember that in the end you'll be richly rewarded now let me change tact and talk to the bosses in this place the employers Paul says this Basically, do not abuse your position. The first thing he states here is that you should treat your staff the same way that you would want to be treated. Can you see that if we appropriated the Bible into our context at every level, we wouldn't need unions, we wouldn't need all those other things that we have in place because we've ignored the Bible. In other words, Paul was saying, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Would you like people to rip you off? No, then don't rip people off. Would you like people to rob you? No, then don't rob them. Christianity is quite simple. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you hope to get respect, show it. If you hope to get service, show it. Kath downplayed what she did yesterday in the cafe. Basically, we came down for coffee because we practice what we preach. If we're going to support anywhere, we're going to support here. So we come down for coffee and then we just see it's, you know, that all the tables were set out. This is going to be a crazy day. I had my day planned, I had things to do, as did Kath. I couldn't get out of mine, but Kath could make some shifts in her day. And so she just said, Look, if you can get a lift home, which I was able to do. I can stay here and she did and help Geordie and Donna and the team that was serving and working and when she could go home, she went home. Why did she do that? Because if Kath was leading the cafe, that's what she'd want someone to do for her. See, we're not leaders here that just, you know, do as we say. We're trying to model at every level what we do. And so Kath was in there in a tracksuit, just working flat out, helping, because that's the least we can do. If you want to get service, then be prepared to serve. If you want to get respect, then give respect. It's not hard, is it? Secondly, he says, do not threaten them. In other words, don't abuse your position. Bosses, stop reacting and start responding. Respond to people instead of just react I think one of the key things in leadership particularly when you're leading a business is being able to separate the person from the problem but that goes both ways employers or sorry employees stop taking things so personally sometimes when a boss says to you, you're doing a terrible job they're not saying you're a terrible person you're just doing a terrible job you're a good person doing a terrible job it's possible Noah was a good man. Noah was a godly man, but he got drunk. He was a good man doing a bad thing. It happens. Yeah, it's good. And so we address the bad things that are going on in your world. It's not a personal attack. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So bosses, don't make it personal. Employees, don't make it personal. Address the problem. When dad told me off about my sign, you know what? I knew like I knew like I knew that that was not my best work. That's the bottom line. And I'm smart enough... Not to say, you didn't have to shout. Because <laughs> that would have just got me something I didn't want. <laughs> and in this politically correct world, it's getting worse and worse and worse. You can't say anything anymore. Yeah. Everything's got a racial undertone or a, you know, an agenda to it. It's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Getting so hurt so easily. And the third thing he says is, God has no favorites, so don't you. You might have to, as a boss, spend more time with certain people because of their role. That's fine. But don't have favorites. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, it says, There is neither Greek nor Jew, slave nor free, male nor female, for all are one in Christ. In other words, let's not fall for flattery and let's not play the flattery game. We're all equal. Bosses are simply first amongst equals. Husbands and wives, the, the, the husband is the first amongst equals. He's equal to his wife, he's equal to his kids, but he's first. Good. The boss is equal to all those that he employs. It's just a different position, he goes first. And so we don't have favourites. God doesn't show discrimination, and nor should we. And that's why we've worked really hard in this church, based upon what the scriptures say, and why we don't have titles in this church. I've never demanded or asked that you call me Pastor Tony, because I don't think that my position is any more important than your position. It's just different. And I believe that we can honour one another, fear one another, respect one another without using the titles. And if you want to keep it equal, and you must call me pastor, that's fine, but I want to find out your title and I'll call you by your title and we'll keep it equal. Because I think we create something in church life by demanding certain things of leadership and then wonder why certain things happen. And so as leader of this church, it simply means one thing, I go first. So when we talk about taking up the tithes and the offerings, you better know this, that it's something I did first, that I've practiced for a long period of time. It's not something I'm saying, you go first, you try it. It's something we do first. Being betrayed, being let down, being hurt, being misunderstood and carrying yourself with dignity and living with forgiveness and living healed. It's something that's demands of me to go first in that. I can't tell you to live healed if I don't live healed. And so there's not favoritism, but there's simply purpose and place. If our musicians can come, we want to move into a time of communion. I want to close with this thought that these principles that Paul talked about were to bring down the cultural and the social gap between slaves and slave owners. Christianity is not communism. We're not all going to be earning the same amount of money. We're not all going to be doing the same jobs. We can't all be bosses. We can't all be the man. Every organization needs those lowerly jobs, inverted commas, done. But it doesn't make you a lowerly person. I thank God for the many volunteers that we have that got here before most of us got here and cleaned the toilets. They are to be treated with honour and respect. And so whatever job you hold down, don't equate your value of yourself as a person with what you do. Society is great at making you feel good about yourself or bad about yourself based upon what you do, what you wear, how you look. But the Bible knows nothing of it. In Galatians it says we're all free. Every one of us is free. Every one of us is sons and daughters of the living God. The Greeks among you, the Hebrews amongst you, the men amongst you, the women amongst you, the slaves amongst you, the slave owners amongst you. We're all equal. As we come around a time of communion right now, know this, that the levelling or the greatest leveller is this moment right now. Jesus Christ loved the world. In other words, he loved us all equally. He didn't say God so loved the rich that he came. He didn't say that he so loved the downtrodden, the oppressed. And so all those that are rich in this place have to feel guilty about what they have. They says, "He so loved the world. And in this world is you, and you, and you, and you, and you. I think some of us need a revelation of how much he loves you. Some of us have just change that, just for a moment. I know the Bible does not encourage changing scripture, but I think this is, this is, this is a good one. If we could change God so loved the world to God so loved me. Whatever you're doing right now. And maybe some of you aren't employed and are finding it hard to get a job. He still loves you. And you can still apply what we've learned today. You can volunteer your time and do all these things. I honestly believe if you volunteer your time and do all these things, you'll get a job. I, I know every boss out there is looking for people that will respect them. They'll be honest, work wholeheartedly, give their best. You start doing that and do it more than an hour, do it more than a day, do it more than a week. I think you'll become employable. And even if that company doesn't employ you, you'll get a great resume, you'll get a great reference. But even if you're presently unemployed, you're not a second class citizen. That's what's so wonderful about the cross. The cross is the great leveller. There's no man, male, female, Greek, slave, Jew. It's all one in Christ. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.